Hey guys, and welcome back to the No One Asked podcast. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in to our second episode. This week, we're going to be talking about um, mining Katie's experience in our sorority, um, what to expect going through rush and informal rush. Um, but first, we're going to start off talking about what happened this week. Start a new segment talking about our peak and our pit of each week. So to kick us off, I guess I'll go first. Um, <laughs> my peak this week is I've been working really hard to get new clients for my freelancing endeavors, I guess. Um, and I have a few leads, so that's really exciting. Um, but my pit is, well, Katie and I went to Nashville last weekend over Labor Day weekend with our other friend, Katie. And um, I'm just going to say we weren't the most responsible. <laughs> we, wore, <laughs> we wore a mask most of the time, but we probably could have done better. And I started feeling a little sick. Um, and so I went and got COVID tested yesterday. And I'm a little <laughs> bit anxious about that. So yeah. um, a lot of people... Even we were, even though we were wearing our masks, a lot of people around us weren't. So I was like, ah, yeah. Like, I felt like I needed like a thing of garlic with me because I was like, <laughs> vampires get away from me. Or like Lysol, just to spray in the air. Oh yeah, to inhale. Oh yeah. So that's like also kind of my pit. Um, I don't feel sick at all. Like I feel fine. I'm just like, I also got tested yesterday, so I'm kind of just anxiously waiting because. Um, in case y'all didn't know, you wouldn't know anyway, because I didn't talk about it. My boyfriend lives in New Jersey, so <laughs> I want to go see him, but obviously I won't go see him if I have COVID, because that's not responsible. Yeah. Um, well, you haven't had any symptoms, so. No, but I'm probably like, fine. I haven't left my house since we got back from Nashville, because I didn't know, and I wanted to wait like a week. Like, that's supposed to be guidelines. Like, you wait a bit before you get tested after exposure mm -hmm. but like you should still like not go out and stuff so that's kind of what i've been following but anyway for my peak um ever since i got back from nashville we ate a lot of like trash like i mean it was really good literally trash, but we literally it's like hundred fried <laughs> chicken yeah i've been working out like every day at least 30 minutes a day and i've just been like proud of myself for actually doing it I haven't been eating like extremely healthy because it's hard to do when you live with your parents but I've been just making sure to get in 30 minutes so I'm proud of you thank you it's very rare for that to happen <laughs> what have Good you been times. doing like running um so I've been trying to do like the 12 3 30 that a lot of people on YouTube do mm -hmm. um I really cannot get past 10 minutes without dying. <laughs> so I like do like eight to 10 minutes of that. And then I've been doing like different weight trainings or just like watching YouTube workouts because it makes it so much better. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I like following it because I get bored, like just doing it by myself and not following anything. Same. My gym at my apartment just opened back up, but like I'm mm -hmm. kind of scared because do they actually clean? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Like, whenever I used to be, like, when I used to live alone, I used to go to the gym, like, really early in the morning. I would, like, religiously wipe everything down. So, I was like, yeah. disgusting. But since I have a home gym, I don't really worry about it because it's, like, me and my brothers. <laughs> and that's yeah. I, um, 
I'm trying to convince my parents to let me take their treadmill and put it in my apartment. <laughs> we'll see. You'll be like, you yeah. guys don't use it. <laughs> it's like ancient though. And when you get on it, it literally sounds like it's about to like blow up. So yeah. What I- <laughs> When I put mine on the incline, it's like, yeah, for like five minutes. Struggles. For real. But it's literally just moving it is the biggest struggle, like getting it to your apartment. Yeah. I It has like wheels, though. So the struggles would just be like getting it in the car. Like the I don't have a be- car <laughs> to get convincing it your dad to help. You. Oh, my dad would not help me at all. <laughs> You just like, look at me and criticize. Like, this is part of adulthood, Taylor. Literally. <laughs> You'd be like, why didn't you hire someone to do it for you? Anyway, just moving along to our main point, we know it's the start of recruitment season for a lot of people in college. And we know that it's a bit different this year due to COVID. Um, I obviously have no experience with that. And I'm not currently recruiting for a sorority, so... I couldn't give you specific COVID tips, but we have a lot of tips from our own experience. And yeah, I just want to give you a little bit of an overview of sorority life. (laughs) And just a little disclaimer, we are sharing off of our own personal experience um, at a school with a very, very small Greek life. Um, Mm -hmm. We went to UNC Greensboro, which is a fairly like medium sized school, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. But the Greek life just was not huge there. Um, We only had four sororities and then I think seven fraternities, Um, but it definitely wasn't like a Chapel Hill or NC state or like Alabama or anything like that. Um, Yeah. And that's just um, Panhellenic and IFC. Like we do have other councils at our school. So, I mean, Greek life just wasn't the biggest appeal at our school. It was more like basketball. And yeah, we don't sports. <laughs> yeah, no, no football. Um, no. It was very like, I don't know, liberal artsy, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it was a yeah. state school still. So the first thing that we're going to kind of touch on is what formal rush or formal sorority recruitment looks like. Um, I know different schools call it different things. At our school, they called it formal recruitment at some places they just call it rush um but this is like the big process of going to all the parties and it's like literally an all-day event for like five days Mm -hmm. straight um so katie do you want to start by telling us what your recruitment process looked like because we went through at different times yeah so i went in i went through after taylor I'm a baby. I went through formal recruitment in the fall of 2016. And basically, you can go to a bunch of like events before recruitment, kind of where they like tell you what's going to happen and what to wear and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't go to any of those because I didn't have <laughs> any interest in going through sorority recruitment because. <laughs> In high school, I was just like, that's not for me. Yeah. I went to one of those, and it was so awkward. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, it's not. Like, all the girls in my hall were like, are you going to go through? And I was like, I don't know. And then when they were like, okay, it's the last day to sign up, I was like, you know, I don't have friends other than my roommate. (laughs) And I don't – I'm not in any other clubs. And I just want to, like, actually try to do something on campus. So – I went through recruitment, I like registered, and then it was like organized chaos. Yeah. <laughs> like, like 
they give you all the information, but still you feel like you don't know what you're doing. Literally. Um, and then they make you like stand in line in alphabetical order and they go through it like a thousand times. Yeah. To make sure you're have, in like, the, the right little... spot. <laughs> the, um, they're called pie guys. So they're like recruitment counselors. They're supposed to help you go through recruitment. I didn't talk to my counselors though, like throughout the whole thing. Cause I didn't really feel like it. And I was like nervous yeah. the whole time, but Basically, we visited. We only, we only have four that we went to, so we visit all four the first night, and the second night I got called back to two of the four, and that's normal. To you're not gonna get called back to every house you go to, usually mm-hmm. on the first night, and then the final night I only went to um one. It was like pref night, and I went to the sorority that I'm in now. <laughs> yeah. I guess mine was kind of the same. Um, I went through, like Katie said, the year before. And the year I went through, it was like the biggest class, I guess, um, or the biggest group of people that actually went through recruitment. Um, So we got stuck with like doubles a lot on the first night. So that means that you are talking to like a sister of whatever sorority you're at um, with another P&M. So you kind of have to like be very outgoing and outspoken so you can stand out more. Um, and I am neither of those things. So it was tough the first night, but like Katie, I got called back to two the next night and then one on my prep night, which is the sorority that I'm in. Um, and it was honestly really hard for me. Um, I like to say I got dirty rushed by one of them and then they dropped me. Um, and yeah. I literally <laughs> cried on prep night and yeah, prep night. I cried for like three hours after because I was so upset. And I honestly did not want the sorority that um, I'm in now. I mean, in hindsight, like I don't believe that at all. Like I love the chapter that I was in but, or am in. Um, but going through recruitment, I had blinders on, I guess. Um mm-hmm. And had my heart set on another place, and then they dropped me, and it was rough. Yeah, same, because they like when I talked to the sorority that didn't choose me, um, they were like, oh, you could do this yeah. when you're in our chapter. Like, since you like this, you could be on this chair. And I, like, thought that meant I was, like, I did. Same. I made it. Like, this is it. Like, they know that they already want me. Like, I felt like the shit. But yeah. then I felt like trash when they dropped me. And, like, I don't know. I, like, remember calling my parents on the last night, like, the day before bid day where you run home. Mm-hmm. And I was like, should I just drop out? Like, I don't <laughs> even know if I want to do this anymore. Because, like, I was just nervous. And your nerves take over everything. Yeah. So it was <laughs> really – it was just a lot. Emotional roller coaster, But, like, I don't regret it, obviously. Like, if I had to go back in time and, like – decide to go through recruitment or not like I would still go through again same it's crazy because like the experience that we had with like dirty that chapter was kind of known for that and it never like changed which is kind of frustrating yeah like they would always be like no and like we had a lot of strict rules with dirty Mm -hmm. rushing which if you end up being in a sorority you will learn about that um but we were always really strict about it in our chapter. Like we made yeah. sure to follow our, the rules to a T and we felt like 
a lot of other chapters weren't doing that. So we always felt like we were at a disadvantage, I feel like. Because mm-hmm. Dirty Rushing makes you want to be part of the chapter. Like, yeah, as much, it, like, it makes, makes you feel, feel like, like you're, you're in. Yeah. <laughs> Which is messed that's up. Big like, you shouldn't I know. do that. But I know. It's it a big happens. appeal to me now. But, but, but yeah. if it does happen to you, make sure you tell, like, your recruitment counselor, like, your Pi Kai or Ro Gamma. Gamma. <laughs> um mm. because that's like, not allowed <laughs> <laughs> and um you shouldn't have to feel like that because it sucks mm-hmm. so we know it's really daunting going into these conversations especially on zoom i feel like that's probably a whole different like ball game I yeah know what that's like but i feel I'm... like you have to like make sure that your background like looks superb and like you have a yeah. cute room did I do that in my Zoom glasses? <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I would just say, like, there are a lot of ways that you can stand out. And for me, I really had to get out of my comfort zone to stand mm-hmm. out because I'm not used to just, like, bragging. I'm going to say bragging about myself because that's what it feels like you're doing. Yeah. Um, and definitely just, like, being in this middle ground between, like, really enthusiastic but not crazy because yeah. then they'll be like, why is she like acting like this? <laughs> no, definitely. Um, then, I agree. Yeah. So I think having really unique conversations too are really good um, because no offense, but like the girls that you're talking to are also talking to like probably 30 other girls in the same night. So having a conversation that's memorable for them um, can really help you stand out too. Mm-hmm. So going deeper than just talking about like, hey, what's your major? Hey, what'd you do in high school? Or like if you did something really cool in high school, like obviously that say that. But I think just having really unique and um, organic conversations is really important. Yeah, it's kind of like when you are starting to like find jobs and you have an elevator pitch, not as structured as that, but like try to have a story that you wanted like tell people mm-hmm. or just something interesting like an interesting fact you kind of just have to like honestly rehearse it before you go in because you're gonna forget by the time you get into the actual conversation yeah um so my sister went through recruitment last year and she's a lot more outgoing than I am and like outspoken and she told me that she had talked to some girls that were literally like rocks um and she was like i just kept asking them random questions just to keep it so it wasn't awkward so as long as you keep the conversation going um i think you'll be fine yeah and like one thing that i always kept in mind was like the girls who are talking to you from the sorority are gonna be just as nervous as you are like i remember (laughs) i was recruiting um at a different school like I was helping out another chapter and I asked this girl what her major was twice because I was so nervous and I was like are you joking right now and I was yeah. like yeah I don't actually go here <laughs> like, I'm just helping when we did that um I had to do like it by myself one time like we were with in most cases a girl from the actual chapter and then it was us and we had like doubles and I I got like separated from my girl and I had like, they didn't have my major at the school that we were doing it at. So I had to make up some other thing. And like, I didn't know what it was. Like I couldn't remember it. And the girl was like, 
what's your major? I was like, I'm in the J school. And she's like, oh, cool. I was like, I yeah, don't she was like, here. <laughs> one of the girls was like, what's your favorite local restaurant? I was like, <laughs> sup dogs. Um, yeah, I just said like a random place that I knew they had there that they yeah. had in Greensboro. I was like, I don't know. Oh my God. But. <laughs> Remember when you decided last minute that you were going to do that? <laughs> you went and bought the outfit at Francesca's. Yeah, and I literally wore it like at Francesca's. <laughs> literally like twenty minutes before the first those round pants started. did not fit me. It looked like my legs were like hot dogs, like <laughs> Vienna sausages, like squished <laughs> into my shorts. I was, was so like, sweaty. I disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I did not look cute. I didn't like the outfit I had. And I then didn't I, do my hair. I didn't wear makeup. Like, bro. <laughs> it was cool, though, to do it yeah. at another school and chapter. Yeah, like a school that actually has a bigger Greek life. Yeah. So, cool. so another thing that you want to do to make yourself not necessarily stand out, but be able to be recognized is make sure that your Facebook and Instagram are both up to date. Um because not gonna lie they will look you up to remember who you are um Mm -hmm. and potentially like go through your profile so just make sure that there's stuff on there that there's not stuff on there that you wouldn't want people to see Mm -hmm. so like underage drinking or like obscene cussing like yeah just like if you have your stuff I would say it's good to have your Instagram unprivated during this time because they're going to want to look at, like, what pictures you post and kind of they'll get more of an idea of what you like to do and, like, if you'll fit in with their chapter, I guess. Yeah. If you'd be, like, a good part of it. Um, But if you really – I would just say, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what to say. I'm struggling. (laughs) I mean, like, I don't think you should put on a fake facade trying to be something that you're not just because you want to get into a certain sorority but like be cautious yeah if that makes sense um like go ahead just like put your best foot forward on social media like if you really wouldn't want your parents to see it then like the sorority is probably not gonna look too highly upon it either (laughs) yeah and sororities once you get in have social media policies i think that's something that is not addressed a lot um but most chapters do have social media policies and people will be out to get you so like be careful yeah that was definitely like a really big problem going forward with like a lot of people that i knew who Mm -hmm. were in sororities like they didn't realize that was a thing and i was like yeah, haha. <laughs> yeah, ours was pretty strict. Um, mm-hmm. Like to a point where we couldn't even have red solo cups because that insinuated drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so just be careful with social media and like moving past college. Like you don't want to have like you at some rager on your face on your public profile for like a future employer to see. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you employers want to, they want to look at your social media. Like, they want to look at your Instagram and your Facebook. Yeah. Um, blah, 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 blah. So other things to watch out for, I guess, um, when you're having conversations during recruitment is try to stay away from, like, 
talking about boys and like, or girls, whatever your relationship is, um, or like your sex life, like don't talk about that during recruitment. Um, Mm -hmm. Don't talk about politics. Don't talk about drinking. Just stay away from controversial topics. Yeah. And like, don't talk about the other sororities. Like, like, don't mm-hmm. talk about what other parties you're going to. It just kind of, like, sometimes it just seems like you're prying to get the dirt on the other sororities, like, when you bring them up. But if you just ask about, like, what's the Greek life like? Or, like, do you do- have other events with other sororities? Like, mm-hmm. that's not an issue or anything. Like, you can ask those kind of questions. Yeah. Just don't be like, do you like X, 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 whatever sorority? Like, yes. Yeah. And don't <laughs> ask about, like... Don't be like, so what fraternities do you guys have the best relationship with? Or like, <laughs> so what parties do you guys go to the most? Um, because then it just kind of makes it seem like you're only going in it to party, um, which there's a lot yeah. more to sororities than just that. And so. it makes the recruiting sister uncomfortable because they're not supposed yeah. to talk about that. So they have to like segue out of it and it just makes the conversation so much more awkward. Yeah. Um, another thing with frat boys. So <laughs> I, I was a Pi Chi, which is like our version of the recruitment counselors. And I did it my junior year, sophomore. I don't know. One of those years. And you year, junior year. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there was this one girl in my group And she was, like, having a really hard time because she really liked this one chapter. But this boy in pie cap told her that this other chapter was the best one and that's the one that she needed to be in. And, like, she was having a literal existential crisis over a stupid frat boy. I was like, they know literally nothing. They don't know what happens other than, like, the girls who go to their parties like they don't know mm-hmm. i mean she ended up picking the one that the guy said but yeah it just shows like i wouldn't pick your top sorority based on what a frat guy has to say but yeah you do you <laughs> i will never forget that though it's wild oh, i had secondhand embarrassment but it's fine I wouldn't even know what to say. I'd be like, um, don't trust these men. <laughs> Please don't. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, when I was a Pai Kai, we had to have, like, two people talking to P&Ms at least. Um, so there wasn't any kind of, like, dirty rushing or anything. And you had to be mm-hmm. from different chapters. So I had someone else there to, I guess, like, help me navigate yeah, that. Because I would have been like, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> so awkward. <laughs> I had girls, like, cry, too. I'm not good with that. I'd be like, oh, dear. Um, (laughs) Here's some tissues. (laughs) I had this one girl. She thought I was in the sorority that she wanted to be in. And I had to walk her up to give her, like, choices. Or I can't even remember what they're called now. But you make, like, your decisions at the end of each night of which ones you want to go back to. Mm -hmm. Um. And when we were alone, she was like, so please, please be honest. Is this one a good one? Like, are they, like, really good on campus? And I was like, yeah. It was so weird. (laughs) So awkward. I know. So after you get your bid on bid day and you run home, 
most sororities, I guess all sororities will have a party after that um, where you can get to know more girls in the chapter and it's all about the new members and it's really fun. Um, I was the VP of new members my sophomore, no, junior year. And it was crazy to like plan everything because I was Pai Kai and Katie and I like did it together. <laughs> so that was fun. Oh, um, yeah. And like there's we had food and we got like our new members goodie bags and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was really fun to like give them some swag to go home with to kind of rep their colors and whatnot. Um, yeah. And usually, I, at least for our chapter, and I know my sister's chapter did this too, um, within like the first couple weeks, like you'll get, we called them bid day buddies, um, but someone who will like be assigned to you pretty much to like um, introduce you to the chapter and like help get you like involved in things and they'll decorate Mm -hmm. your door and your dorm or your apartment and give you like all sorts of goodies and like old t-shirts that you can have um so that's really fun and every sorority had like like once you run home they have their like learning process for the new members Mm -hmm. um they're all timed differently like some of them happen right away some of them don't so it really just depends but during that time we had a bunch of like classes with our new members and there were also some like I guess I would call them counselors who were older Mm -hmm. sisters who would like help you learn stuff so once you get in you are kind of like walked through everything and like yeah you'll have a buddy like Taylor said yeah and then you'll have that buddy up until you get your big um so that happens most of the time during your new member process um which is right before you get initiated and technically your big is only there to help you through the new member process that's like the technical definition but mm-hmm. katie is my little and we are best friends so mm-hmm. take and that I as you will some people like go wild over big oh, little and yeah. they only call they only call their big big like they don't call them the name and i don't think it. <laughs> I've literally never once called you big in my life. Say, like I've never one- called you little. And I've never called <laughs> Abby my big ba- or big or whatever. No. no, one of my friends, like, she called her big by her name. And she was like, what did you just call me? <laughs> I was like, are you joking? <laughs> uh, it's like, I don't know. It's so cringy. But that time is really exciting. Like, I remember... I was so nervous because I didn't know. We do gifts throughout, like, big little process, which most sororities do, too. And you don't know who your big is <laughs> until, like, the last reveal day. Mm-hmm. And I literally had no idea. Like, people, like, they literally try to mess with your head. Mm-hmm. And, like, fake people text you. And, like, it's <laughs> it's messed up. <laughs> yeah. Um, the year that I was the VP of new members, I changed up how we did the new member or big little reveal um to like we dropped a sheet and like we had matching outfits and it was really cute but before that we did like a circle candle pass thing if you know what Mm -hmm. that is um and it was like very formal oh yeah it was kind of weird yeah i mean like when i actually did it i was like emo about it because i like I was like, this is so memorable. But once you change it to, it was just more fun. Yeah. When the other one was like emotional. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> like candle passes are for like when you announce that you're engaged or like pregnant. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cringe. 
but it was more like a party after that Mm -hmm. but um after you go through all your new member learning stuff and you get your big um i wouldn't say you're on your own but you really need to make an effort to go to things Mm -hmm. and like your big is supposed to be there to like help you too but still like at that point you should be able to make your own like choices and go to things on your own if that Mm -hmm. makes sense like I don't know I was really like weird after that time like Taylor and I were like just both really awkward and like I just didn't reach out all the time and I didn't want to go to parties and stuff yeah and just like other events that we had like I mean I wanted to go but I was like this is so awkward and at that point in time I was like do I want to stay in it so you just really need to actually make an effort to go to things because it'll be fun if you go and yeah don't have a bad outlook on it I guess yeah I agree I think it's pretty much like what you put in is what you're gonna get out of it so if you literally don't care and don't put in any effort like you're not gonna get any of the benefits you're not gonna get like why people love it or anything like that um and my like first year and then the semester that Katie came in Um, I literally like did nothing. I went to like my required events and made my points and did enough to where I didn't get in trouble, but I was really good friends with my roommate at the time that quickly fell off. Um, but I felt like I didn't need the sorority at that time. Um, it wasn't until I kind of had like a crisis with my roommate that like I actually turned to my friends in the sorority and, like, I realized I had other friends other than this one person that I was living with. Yeah, because I was kind of, like, the same. I didn't like college like my first year. <laughs> Not that I really loved college the rest of it, but, like, I especially didn't like it freshman year. Mm-hmm. And it's probably because I really wasn't putting an effort to, like, go to things. Um, I was just going to class, and then I did make points. But when you're a new member, we kind of, like, didn't have to make points right mm-hmm. away. But once I started, like, applying to be parts of committees and, like, yeah, a chair, like, hold a chair position, then I actually started seeing the real value in it. And working with your friends on, like, different chairs is actually really fun. So, yeah, that was awesome. I agree. Like, once you actually start holding positions or if you get on exec, like, I feel like it's so much more rewarding because you feel like you're making a change and, like, putting in the effort to Mm -hmm. make changes that you want to see so mm -hmm. when I like first started to actually you know serve I guess my chapter if that makes sense I was on um public relations committee Mm -hmm. with Taylor I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. um and then I went up to chair later on and then I was event coordinator slash planner and then I went up to being president so you kind of like crawl your way up there like it's not you're not just going to immediately be on exec because you can't yeah but like it's a lot helpful if you do a bunch of chairs and committees too because then you'll kind of get a feel for like the flow of your sorority and how it all works <laughs> and like the amount of work that you'll have to do too because some positions on exec are not as labor intensive as others so like if you wanted to do something like be president like that's a lot of paperwork and Mm-hmm. You maybe want to actually hold a chair before you have all of that responsibility so it's not all a surprise. Yeah, because jumping from, like, 
PR chair and event planning to president was so different. Like mm-hmm. I had a lot of creative power in those two like chairs. And then when mm-hmm. I was president, it was a lot more administrative. So <laughs> you kind of just have to like, I don't know, feel yeah. it out. I don't know. Yeah. So Katie mentioned that she held several different chairs before becoming president. I kind of did the same thing. So the first chair I ever held was social, not social media, PR chair. Um, And then I held that for a while. I kind of did that on and off when I wasn't in other positions. Um, And then I became the vice president of new member education. Um, So that is the person that takes care of bid day and make sure that the new members know their stuff and they can pass their national test at the end of their new member process before they get initiated. Um, So I was in charge of like creating lesson plans and like making it fun for everyone. And I got to do big little with that. So that was really fun. And then after that, I became the recruitment director, which was a lot more stressful than (laughs) I thought it was going to be. So I initially wanted to be the Panhellenic delegate, which is the person that maintains the relationships with the other Panhellenic chapters. And like I knew some of the other Panhellenic delegates. So I was like, I'll just do this. Or like I knew some of the people that were running for it. But um, I got picked to be (laughs) the recruitment director. And that year we moved to deferred recruitment, which means that we moved to spring recruitment. So we had it initially in September and it moved to January. So I had like an entire year plus to plan recruitment, but uh, it was fine. I cried a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone is just really mean to you during recruitment because like they don't understand the process behind everything and think everything is like a personal dig at them and it's not at all. Um, so I got a lot of backlash and it yeah. was rough. And I um, during, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I was just going to say, I literally like cried on the floor to our advisors. Oh yeah. And during that time I was president, I think I had just been like in office for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. When we had and, recruitment. Yeah. When we had um, deferred recruitment. So during that time I wasn't like doing the normal duties of recruiting sister like I had to randomly talk to people like mm-hmm. just walk around the room and like present stuff with Taylor and I had so much anxiety about it because I felt like I just like people when you go through recruitment and you're like oh the president talked to you it's like it's like meaningful yeah and I'm like I probably gave him the worst impression <laughs> Because you had to come, I had to come by and like kneel down and be like, hi, <laughs> how's it going? It was rough. It really was. And because we switched over to deferred recruitment, the amount of PMs that signed up for recruitment was drastically smaller than years yeah. prior. So our chapter was pretty big and we didn't we had a lot more sisters than PM, so not everyone got to recruit each round and that was hard on some people. Oh, yeah. Um with me, like 
I would have been so happy if I didn't Same. recruit. I'd have been like, thank God. <laughs> Especially on prep night. That is like the longest conversation ever. Ours are like 45 minutes with one person mm-hmm. the whole time. And then it's just like a lot. <laughs> yeah. I almost exposed it. <laughs> Don't expose Okay, so moving off of this stuff, let's talk about parties. Because oh, no one ever talks about this. I literally didn't go to any until like spring semester, my freshman year. And then after that, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of fun. I mean, you guys still had to drag me out. But like when I got yeah. there, I had fun. <laughs> I was the exact opposite. I was the party girl. I'm pretty sure I went to like almost all of our mixers that we ever had. Mm-hmm. that's kind of embarrassing <laughs> I was like I did not but um like parties and mixers are like kind of taboo <laughs> just yeah. a taboo topic like obviously everyone in the world knows that sororities and fraternities have parties but like when you're actually in it you don't really talk about it like and they're kind of illegal <laughs> yeah depending on the school oh, uh, like yeah. at our school it was very safe. Like we had people who are pointed to be sober. We had people, not that anyone under 21 was drinking. We had brothers who were appointed to be sober. And we also had like a fun social activity that we did the day of, or like the evening before the actual party. Mm-hmm. So like we would go bowling or like roller skating or stuff like that. Yes. So we were able to actually, like, get to know them rather than just, like, party with them. Yeah, like, show up and expect them them to give us, like, free alcohol. Mm-hmm. And if you were on exec, like, you had to be sober and be, like, responsible um, at certain parties. Mm-hmm. And I remember my first time as a sober sister, it was literally, <laughs> like, being in the twilight zone. <laughs> it was, like, at the fraternity that everyone loved and Everyone got, not everyone, all the people over 21 got really drunk. (laughs) And I was just watching it all happen. I was like sipping on my LaCroix, like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) I remember my first time being um, a sober sister. I wouldn't say like everyone was obsessed with this return. Or they wouldn't say they were, but then when they got to that party, like, all hell broke loose and I remember getting <laughs> cheats beforehand oh yeah and this one girl was like staring at me while I was literally drinking a milkshake and she was like are, are you drinking I was like this is chocolate <laughs> milkshake like no I'm not drinking and I was just sitting on the couch like watching everyone the whole time and I felt like a mom mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not fun at all you literally but, um... like count down the minutes to where it's over I know, and you had, like, a time where you could actually leave. Um, yeah. So I was like, yes. But um, whenever we would actually go to parties that weren't just, like, mixers, like, we could go to parties whenever we wanted, obviously. Like, they mm-hmm. had open parties. We would always play- <laughs> We would always request the song Deep Throat by Cupcake, and everyone would stare at us. Like, we literally lost our mind. <laughs> so, like, Katie and I had, like, a core group of friends in college, and, like, there were like five main people and then we had like other people who would like come out with us too and we knew every single word to the song and would like scream it 
and other yeah, girls and, I thought- and other sororities <laughs> would look at us like we were insane. Yeah, it was our anthem, and I just thought it was funny. Like, it was a yeah. funny song. It's hilarious. And, like, they would just be like, oh, I'll say, y'all got sticks up your ass straight up. Literally. This and- is fun. <laughs> I know. And it makes the frat boys so uncomfortable. There was only one party where they were all like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Let's get-, <laughs> let's get down to this. I was like, okay. We'd probably played it there like 10 times before. <laughs> they were just like, <sighs> it's them again (laughs) but yeah that aspect of being in a sorority was definitely very fun it was fun and chaotic (laughs) yes I remember one night we lived like very close to most of the frat houses Mm -hmm. in our apartment I remember one night I like needed to go home like I was done (laughs) and I just ran out the door and sprinted back to our apartment and no, I've done that so many times. And but I would, I'd be like, I'm going to the bathroom. Yeah. And Adam came over and he said that the door was wide open <laughs> to her apartment and I was in my bed vomiting. So violently. Yep. Yep. Um, was that the night it snowed? Because the night it no. snowed was also really <laughs> That was really bad. This was like when we had the Woodstock party. Um, and I'd only hung out with Adam like maybe five times I don't know (laughs) how he stayed with me for like two and a half years after that (sighs) my god (laughs) I just remember like one of our roommates stole this like cooler (laughs) from one of the fraternities (laughs) and it was in our apartment with like melted dirty ice water for like months probably molded and then like we've also had like random um fraternity (laughs) what are they called what are they called um oh my god with all their pictures the composite Yes, we've had like two in our apartment. One we found on the side of the road <laughs> and saved it. We rescued it from and, the people that stole it. And we signed it. <laughs> that was a big one. It was 1993. Oh, yeah. I was like, My friend, hey. okay. I won't tell the story because we might get in trouble. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. Which one is it? Emily Cooper. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> That's why it's like we found it. Yeah. <laughs> um, all these things that happened, even though they were so chaotic, um, they got a lot closer. Like I ended up living with um all my sorority sisters. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but I like my whole apartment was just my sorority sisters. Our whole apartment. Everyone in the chapter lived there. <laughs> it was me, Katie. <laughs> one of our other sisters and then another sister mm-hmm. but like we always had people sleeping on our floor and on the couch oh yeah did i miss that cou- i miss our first couch we had that was actually oh, so God, same i took a nap on it every day <laughs> at some but- point we need to tell the story about the hair in the bag oh my god on one day <laughs> one day that's a little preview thing. for you all. <laughs> um, oh my god! But yeah, I made so many close friends, and mm-hmm. like, obviously, in college, you're gonna make friends and lose friends. But at the end of the day, like, I don't regret being friends with anyone that I was friends with, and I learned a lot from those relationships too. 
So you'll learn a lot going through college and through a sorority if you decide to go. Yeah. And I know there's like a stigma that sororities are like paying for your friends, but honestly, if we weren't in the sorority and some of the people have even dropped and I'm still like very good friends with them. Mm-hmm. So don't mm-hmm. don't let those stereotypes fog your brain about joining a sorority because it's a hundred percent worth it. Yeah. And I would say like if you really feel like Greek life isn't for you don't let people pressure you into that either because yeah, you can still be friends with people in sororities. Like my roommate freshman year actually ended up living in our apartment before one of our other sisters moved in mm-hmm. and she like got along with other sisters and they hung out and stuff like that. So it's not just like exclusive. Yeah. Sororities. Definitely not. And like you're allowed yeah. to have friends like in other chapters too. That's not yeah. weird. Some people make it seem weird. It's not. So I think being in a sorority was super beneficial for both Katie and I. But I think inevitably moving towards the future, it's pretty much dying. And it will probably die in the very near future. I know at like some of the conferences that we had to do as being a part of like exec or being a new member, they talked about how like there's literally only one insurance company in the entire country that will cover insurance or cover sororities and fraternities because it's a shit show. So it's probably going to die and like, maybe it needs to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm not against it either. (laughs) Like, yeah, because as many rules and guidelines that we have in place and like, there are a lot of great intentions with Greek life. Mm -hmm and sororities um like their philanthropy and whatnot and just like women empowerment was something that we really strive to kind of endorse I guess I don't know if that's the right word but like talk about a lot yeah but people don't always follow the rules um honestly I'm calling out all these fraternities because a lot of the times they're the ones who are making the, th- the mistakes that become headlines and yep. give a really bad name to Greek life in general yeah they kind of like ruin it for everyone Yep. Which sucks, but I think if if Greek organizations start to kind of evolve and move towards more modern times, it can be really a really good thing yeah. for future members. Like, if they don't change, then like there's really not much that like we can do to advocate for them because the rest of society will be like, Why do we need this if it's not going to like work with how we want society to function yeah. moving forward, I guess. And honestly, like, reevaluating what the chapters are built on. Like, a lot of these chapters were founded in, like, the mid to late 1800s. So, like, mm-hmm. mm, <laughs> that was a questionable time in American history. So, yeah. like, maybe that stuff should be reevaluated. Um, yeah, and, and putting, well. like, diversity and inclusion into, like, bylaws. Yeah. And that kind of stuff because it really wasn't a forethought like back in the 1800s, which obviously sucks. But mm-hmm. if they want to like stay active, they definitely need to implement that kind of stuff. Yeah. And have like active diversity and inclusion chairs um, mm-hmm. who hold yeah. people accountable, accountable um, other mm-hmm. than just like standards or whatever the equivalent to that is in certain chapters. Yeah, and going off of that, if you happen to go through 
recruitment and end up running home or you're in a sorority right now and you see things that you don't agree with or don't like you don't feel like align with your values or what your sorority was built upon do not be afraid to speak out on it definitely that's the only way you're really gonna get make any change yeah just running away from it isn't going to evoke any kind of change like you have to stand up for what you believe in in those situations and in all situations in life oh yeah oh yeah so we're gonna end it on that um Katie and I strongly encourage you all to stand up for what you believe in and have a really fun experience if you're going through recruitment. Um, If you're already in a sorority, like enjoy your time while you're there. Um, It was some of the best times of my life. Uh, So I really hope you guys enjoyed it and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you want to follow us, we have an Instagram. So that's exciting. It's no, the number one asked pod. Um, so give us a follow there. We're going to like post inspirational, cutesy, aesthetic type things. Um, I'm really excited for it. I love like crafting all of that kind of stuff. Um, so give us a follow and tune in next week. Yeah. Just, um, every Wednesday just to hear some gossip and advice that no one really asked for. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm good.